Welcome to Talks, a bunch of, well, talks with builders that have things to say about DAOs, Web3, their life, and uh, other things. Today I'm talking to Andre Berlin. He's born in Russia and now living in, guess, Berlin. He studied math, magic, psychology, film, and finally design. He started DeepWork, a design firm that now works with both Web2 and Web3 organizations, building what he calls containers for people. Teams packed with specialized individuals that are sent to clients when needed, virtually offered. Currently, his team are working four hours a day because life should be about finding your personal freedom and doing meaningful things while providing a service. We'll be talking about how the faster traditional organization transform into DAOs, the better it will be for everyone. First, however, I have to make, again, a statement requested by our lawyers. Here it comes. The information in this podcast is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. It is not intended to be and does not constitute financial advice, investment advice, trading advice, or any other advice. By the way, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple or Google or any other platform, consider heading over to talk.delhas.com. That is talk.delhas.com. Um, you're getting the exact same podcast that you listen to now, plus an interactive transcript and uh, links to topic sites and people and more talk songs. Let's jump in. Hey, Andre, how are you? Thank you. Great. Thanks for the invite. Who is the king of beepers? <laughs> the king. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. The king of beepers is, uh, I'm glad you listened to it. Uh, it's an ad uh, that uh, was in the States. I, I really like it for, for its, um, it, it's, its crazy kind of stupidity and naivety in, in terms of how someone just has absolutely no contact to what they're selling, but they're doing it. And I felt like it's um, it, it suits this uh, really strange feature in LinkedIn to listen to your name. So <laughs> what else could you could you stream into it? I, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Andy, I think you're in Berlin, right? Very cool. Yeah, as I said, I spent a few weeks in Berlin and uh, two years ago and, uh, you know, learned something about Germany. And that's me being German, right? We could do this in German, too. But you are originally from? Uh, I'm from Russia. So I was born in Russia and moved to Germany when I was about six and then went to school, uni. Basically German socialized, but I also got tainted or I guess imbued by the like multi- um, by the multicultural facets of the internet. So talking to a lot of different people, but also talking to with, you know, speaking three languages. Um, so it's, it's kind of became more of a mix. So I, I wouldn't say that I identify with any particular culture. So what are the three languages? German, oh, Russian, German, English, and Russian. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. And um, your parents went to directly to Berlin or did you live in any other part of Germany? No, I first we moved to uh, Duisburg 
and then to Darmstadt, which is near Frankfurt on Main. That's where I spent most of my life, where I have most of my friends. And then uh, six years ago, no, wait, seven years ago now, I, I moved to Berlin um, to, to work here, but that was more alone without my family. Do you go to Russia? Do you like, do you see your grandparents there or like aunts, um, uncles? And then which, what part, where, what part of Russia? Oh yeah, good question. So uh, it was near Moscow. So there's a small town called Dubna, uh, which is famous for a, for a um, particle accelerator and like a, what do you call it? Like a physical institute. Um, and my grandparents moved also to Germany. Um, so I don't really have a lot of relatives there. Um, don't, don't really have a lot of friends from my childhood now, more like friends that I met um, throughout my life. But um, uh, yeah, the last time I've been there was probably when I was 18. So like 12 years ago, no, wait, even earlier. So probably like 13 years ago, uh, uh, in a while. Here. All right, let's transition over. And I like this from your background and, you know, I believe that looking at your background and the things you do today, I can see, you know, how this this experience and you know coming from multicultural background obviously influences the way you think and what you do but um bit background so your parents moved to germany um when you know grew up you went to high school went to uni university and yeah. how did you get from what did you study um so i went to study maths at first right after finishing school i did that for about a year with maths and psychology and alongside that i was also like basically studying psychology um, a little bit on my own. So I was like reading some books, mostly related to magic tricks. So I was <laughs> trying to like become a magician. Um, and then uh, maths was, was a bit too intense for that because I, even though I, I knew I could be really good at it, um, I, I was lacking the social kind of social life and, and uh, social diversity. So I switched over to film and design at the same time, still kind of pursuing my interests in psychology and, and magic, um, then finished film uh, and decided that it wouldn't make sense to work in that industry. And then I switched to um, just because it was like it, it was just not exactly what I was interested in, like not the actual work. I, I liked making films and stuff and like working with people on creative things, but um, I, I didn't like the career path. Um, and then um i switched over to computer science and psychology again for about um half a year year really enjoyed it um but i also got an offer at the same time to uh work at a design agency here in berlin um which was kind of focused on um the combination of computer science and psychology so like ux design um and and most of it was relatively theoretical it needed an understanding in, in psychology, but also an understanding in how this te these technologies work. And um, it was very, th the work was actually very close to how I would approach creating a new magic trick, for example, except it was just something that would be um, like more accessible to the public and, and just actually more interesting. Um, so yeah, I worked in that agency for about three and a half years. Um, during that worked in a lot of like kind of workshop yeah um, sorry this was during what years give me the years so i, I got like oh that was 2015 so i moved i moved to berlin 2015 perfect um, and uh, or early 2015 and um yeah then i worked for three years uh in that uh, agency we did a lot of workshops um in in physicals like in in, in offices and helped 
a lot of different companies, uh, educational institutions, startups, enterprises um, design their products and actually create something that would work on the market. And from there, I realized, so when I was like, I, th I think when I was like 15, no, not 15, um, maybe like 17 or so, um, I, no, like 20, 2013 or 14. Anyway, so at the beginning of when, when Bitcoin came out, um, I, I read in, into it a little bit and started mining, um, lost the hard drive, so I don't have any of that left. But um, when I moved to, uh, <laughs> to Berlin, I, I started, I, I, I tried to also find remote work um, in the same uh, industry um, and get paid in crypto um, and actually got a job uh, and got paid. And then uh, my boss threw out, threw away my paper wallet because I learned from the mistake from like, you know, not losing the hard drive. So I printed it out on paper, put it on my desk, and then we moved offices and my boss decided to throw it out. So again, I, <laughs> I lost all my crypto. Um, and so then, um, yeah, but, but, but what was more important was actually the experience of, um, uh, of working in, in that industry and, and in that environment, that it's possible to work online, that it's possible to get paid anonymously, um, and that would, that, that would be connected to something that could be a, like a collaborative uh, design. Um, so um, a lot of what I've been working on for the last year of being at that agency was actually trying to figure out how to get people together and work together remotely. So what we did in an office, but like in, in the, in the, hyperspace or metaverse, as you call it now. Um, and uh, that kind of influenced my decision to um, build an own design studio and to take that a little bit further. Um, and, and also the reason why, why I left that company, uh, the agency, because they, didn't, they weren't interested in the remote thing. And I thought that that would be very interesting. Uh, and they weren't interested in the remote thing, and that was likely just the month before COVID hit, right? <laughs> well, it was a year before COVID hit. Yeah, yeah, the same, <laughs> Maybe a little but... longer, but but yeah, it was very close, and 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 it was so apparent to me um, that I couldn't believe that I, I I just genuinely couldn't believe that they had to say we have to let you go because we're not like interested in what you're doing. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and and from there I I've, uh, I met a guy on the um, on a during a conference uh, at DefCon uh, who was also a designer and um, he was familiar with the design work and working freelance and then we started building Deep Work as a as a studio and uh, that was about four years ago I think what was it twenty well yeah, three years. Um, 2019, we started it, but um, 2018, we kind of thought about it already. <laughs> Very cool. So what is it? Explain it. Well, um, so Deep Work is a dis distributed design studio. So uh, it doesn't have an office. Um, it's it's a Discord. Um, the, um, it's not a DAO yet. Um, so I wouldn't call it a DAO, but um, it's it's built to be one. So uh, we, we spent the last three years building it as much as possible into a decentralized organization. Uh, and the core idea is to basically match projects and technical teams to freelancers. So people who want to like, don't want long-term commitments in, in one company and want to choose 
um, when and what to work on, but also want to collaborate with others together on, on projects and that to a quality standard that's highly predictable so um, that we can stand for as a brand. So we can say, this is the quality of work um, and we only have freelancers, but we coordinate them in a way that is mutually beneficial for, for everyone. And we can predict the quality of the work that our clients also receive. Um, so that's, that's in a nutshell what DeepWork is. Um, we also have a token that people get issued when they, uh, when they do work. Um, and we're still um, like polishing how it works. So I, I, I actually can't say a, a, too much about it at the moment um, for, for legal reasons. Um, but um, uh, there, there will be a lot of interesting developments uh, in the next months on that. Very cool. So since you started this, what did you, what turned out to be um, easier to do mm. than you thought? What did you think was going to be really difficult? And what turned out to be um, a lot more difficult? Like what turned out to be more difficult than what mm. you thought? And what turned out to be a lot easier than what you thought? That's a good question. Interesting. So I think I'm going to start with the easier one. Um, so it was a lot easier to say, we're not going to work longer than four hours a day. Um, and I thought that that's going to be like, basically, you know, we, 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 our current economy is built around eight hour work days and it's a lot of work that goes into this. And I, I've been working eight hour work days for my entire life, as long as I can remember. Um, and, and that, that was the standard. Uh, and then with deep work, we decided to say, we're not going to work longer than four hours a day. And that's also something like, especially kind of um, in, in, in terms of the client work and, but also outside of it. So um, that turned out a lot easier in the sense, but it also, it was inevitable because I had a bit of like, I had some health issues um, also because of burnout from, from the job before. Um, and so there was no other way, but there were times when I was like, if we don't work four hours a day, so if we work more than four hours a day um, and it doesn't work, then, then none of this works and it's going to fall apart. And it was like, it was quite risky to say that uh, or to, to kind of have to follow up with that. But there was no alternative. It was either like either four hours work days or, um, you know, getting another job in, in, in Berlin and somewhere else. Um, That's very so good. That, now, yeah. Give me a little bit of background on mm -hmm. this just in terms of how... When you say four hours work, like what does that mean for the people that, for all of you that work there? Like, are you all guys like working per hour? Are you working right, on right. But like, how, how does the structure work? Because then this four hour gets a better, you know, context and foundation. Yeah, good point. So on the client projects, a lot of the work is, is very structured. So we have a very specific workflow and we are defining the exact, um, process of of working on a project with a client from start to finish so that's also how it leads to a very predictable outcome because we know we're going to start with workshops we then go to prototyping we then do user research and we kind of we can break that down into very granular tasks and we can pretty much like we can make assumptions like after doing projects several times we can then pretty much predict how long it's going to take on average to do product design with workshops it's actually a necessity to time cap those to say 
to the client team, we only need four hours a day from you. Um, and, and we need three days of that and that's, that's it. And then we have all the information we need. Um, so that was crucial. And, and then we, we started structuring the rest of our days in the same way. So product design, exactly what would we do every single day for three days? What is the type of work? Um, and so we designed the project work around this notion of not working more than four hours and the quality of the work was what we could deliver. So in four hour days, um, and the rest was just like, we didn't really count it. So it was more like the, the admin work was just like, you know, you want to sleep, you need to like move your body, work out a bit to, to like get healthier and like recover, rest, do other things. Um, and then the rest of your time, you do it just as much as possible to, to build the organization. Um, so it was a lot about finding that balance between rest and recovery and also like really deep and pun not intended, um, deep work and uh, kind of, uh, yeah, strenuous work. Obviously. So, and, you know, rolling back even further, yeah. what, what is it that you deliver with this process to what type of customers? Like, is it, um, right. you know, give an idea. So have you standardized this and really in a specific output and, you know, right. what, what are you doing there? Maybe give this a run. Yeah, good question. point. Um, so, our target customers are currently technical teams in Web3, so teams who have no design expertise, but who are working on some new technology. And to be honest, it doesn't necessarily need to be Web3. It was just what we knew and the kind of the narrowest niche of our business. Um, there were reasons for choosing that particular niche, but um, I, I just uh, I, I'm not going to go too deep into that. It's it's more that um, that these teams really require the design work and. Um, we um, essentially, um, they're building a product, so they, they, they have a code base, um, but they don't know whether that's going to be useful for people. So they have an assumption. And, and most teams in the Web3 industry or in, even in the open source, um, in the open source space, they would just hack something together and, and just put it out there. So they would hack on it for like several months and then they would put it out there, people would start using it. And then um, it wouldn't work because people wouldn't be interested in actually like um, using that tool. And so what we did was just design an interface that would be very user-friendly that people would understand because we would user test it and then um, deliver it to them so they could actually have an interface between humans and uh, the, uh, the technology that they've built. So that's, I guess, in a nutshell, what, uh, what the work consists of so it's essentially um, product design and the user interfaces for very highly technical teams in web3 very very clear um before going back to you know this question of what was easy yeah. uh <laughs> easier and what was more difficult yeah. one more piece in here um uh, so fundamentally just to clarify earlier you said you know there's a lot about how to match people freelancers mm -hmm. with customers yeah. but yeah. What you're doing here is, just to clarify, it's not really that you match individual people, but you actually oh, yeah. match teams with, you're building teams around a requirement. Yeah. Right. Are you also still, still, or are you doing individual matching, or is this really about producing, yeah. you know, teams, or does both happen? Well, well what, what DeepWork is, is essentially a set of containers for people. So it's like a set of containers with very specific roles. And people can like fill these containers in in like a team, and that gets delivered to to clients as a as a result. 
And so these the, the people are interchangeable, but the containers are relatively rigid because we've defined them very specifically, like what's exactly the work that you have to do uh, as a team. Um, and then a lot of times we're also just not a fit as a team. And in that case, or either because it's expensive and the, 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 the teams can't afford it or the, the project teams can't afford it, uh, or because uh, it's just easier or like the work is, is, is lower than necessary. And uh, in these cases, we just forward uh, our individual freelancers because it just makes more sense to work with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Very good, than, understood. Yeah. So you said putting in the four-hour work, um, <laughs> going yeah, back okay. to four-hour work week, that's the next challenge. <laughs> How do you go from eight hours a day to four hours a day and then to four hours a week? Once you get that <laughs> set up as a DAO, I'm actually quitting everything I'm also joined. Okay. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Keep going. Well, I I, I don't think that's going to work. Uh, like uh, with the four-hour work week, it's uh, and I don't I don't think Tim Ferriss works four hours a week. We all know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't add up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the, the the other stuff that you were you were asking. So I think that was like the easiest. Um, what what I thought was much easier. Um, or was your question around how we transitioned from eight to four? It's more like what was easiest and difficult, right? Yeah, it's it's easiest and, and difficult. And then um, I yeah. want to go back into like, what does it mean on both sides? But, you know, continue okay. what was easier and was yeah, more yeah, difficult. Yeah. So, okay. So, so that was certainly um, easier than expected. And um, it was um, it's in some ways also just easier than I expected to learn along with the space, with the growing space and meeting people. Um, uh, a lot of social dynamics are very pleasant and open in Web3. So people are extremely honest to each other. Um, there are no core, like, I mean, it's, I guess now it's even better, but um, even in the beginning, those who we worked with in the beginning were extremely open and 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 pleasant to to work with because they were bluntly honest about everything without like you know uh, breaking ties or burning bridges um and and it was it was very un uncorporate um and the things that were a lot more and yeah obviously like just creating a like um growing a personal network of of people who are very very intelligent and interesting um so that's that was uh, easier and and still one of the most delight delightful um things that i um that i'm extremely grateful for over the last years um in terms of what was a lot harder than i expected is but i guess that's part of everything like when you start learning something new you're like this is like the future i would i would this is gonna be it and and like we know how to do it and and so we actually had uh like created websites that where the title was the future of work that was like three years ago um because because you know we, we almost like we cracked the code we can work four hours a day it's all online and it's like here's how you do it and it's like amazing but nobody gave a shit <laughs> so, the same thing <laughs> right yeah it's like yeah and so you realize like okay you you're you you got this idea and then and then you realize oh damn it's actually a lot harder than than you thought it is and it's like you have to first work with like clients and and build your reputation actually do the hard work and then i thought that like three years ago i thought that you know we we're really close to creating a freelance marketplace for people to just come in and do work so kind of what we're, we're at now um 
but yeah i i did not expect how much just like knowledge and and skill and um just work i mean how much work it takes to or it took to go from this wild idea um that was actually very like maybe hubristic or like um maybe impossible at, at that point in time um how long that would take to make it to make it possible but also i would say i did not expect how much it's also dependent on the 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 real world and the the evolution of of the entire like economy um so it was almost like we were thinking faster than the economy could catch up with us and um it's it's not necessarily a, a good thing because you can't apply your knowledge right away so you have to kind of learn a lot of other things and and go really deep and like anytime you have the excitement that that you have something that works it's usually just like an initial excitement about having an idea rather than than it being real yeah <laughs> i agree it's um you know uh, my my first business was a service organization you know so right. i've been there i sold one and <laughs> labs is a service organization and right. you know this um it takes a lot of real work, you know, like it's, 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 it's yeah. not done the idea. It's not just the product. It's a lot of people involved. And yeah. I also find that um, um, it, it's, it, I think it's something and, um, you know, we're going to get into this a little bit later on because I would love to your opinion. But my, my personal view is that and I've seen this tweets recent, you know, in the last few weeks come up a lot. Uh, don't recall who made them, but, you know, everybody in like in DAOs, everyone likes to discuss ideas. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, but who actually sits down and codes the shit or designs the shit or yeah. goes out and knocks a door and goes to a customer and goes like, hello, you know, yeah. can you actually use it? Like we, you know, yeah. we designed it and we build it. That was already hard. But who actually yeah. then has like this energy to go out and sell it? And um, yeah. I'm always wondering with this, you know, in this in 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 the in the web three space, um, yeah. you know, who's all who's gonna do all this this jobs, right? And it sometimes feels to me that the entire web three community sits like you know inward focus talking to each other you know because nobody's turning around it's actually knocking some doors and does a sale because you know we're all doing the right thing you know and yeah. it should be kind of obvious and uh, um before i give it back to you it reminds me of um, with my yeah. co-founder alberto when we started the first business we started a small design and web design multimedia business was a big this was pre-internet and right. we it was the two or three of us sitting in an office barefoot designing some stuff on macromedia director and we said if we right. built literally we said that to each other if we build great stuff the customers will just come here by themselves you know they would just come over yeah. right yeah. <laughs> yeah. and well That's okay <laughs> back to back to back to your story there so what what do you think is today how many people are you in in the organization now so i think we have 15 or 16 uh, experts who are at a level of the high quality work we deliver. And then I think we have about 100 and probably 170, I think, uh, contributors who are in our Discord who sometimes just like either shadow on projects or uh, contribute and, and help with some stuff um, and just or do other work like organizing events or, or doing community work. Um, 
yeah so it i, I would say that the, the, it's it was only a few of them so maybe like 10 20 people who actually do work um, but out of the like it's it's like out of 170 who signed up and and sometimes also post some messages good so um for those people you know for your your group of people that is working in this what mm -hmm. what do you what do you think is fundamentally different or not what do you think but what is fundamentally different and how they work today compared to maybe how mm -hmm. they worked three months ago like what, mm -hmm. what has fundamentally changed one thing is obviously you know it's a good question they now work four hours a week what do they do with the other time they actually stop working right. and hang out in the sauna or do they do their own projects right. what has what has changed for the state the same like what's the value um so you mean like for, for those who work with us or, or generally in people in the space? No, for, for you for you guys as a you okay. know deep work team, like right, right. All this work um, change. So yeah, that's quite interesting. So one of the things that that is certainly or like one of the things that change is that um, it, it, people's subjective view, um, they lose the sense of safety that they get from a long-term job so they they lose the this like thing that's written on paper that holds them in almost like a scaffolding so that they know that they they um they can do that job for like a year or so and they don't have to worry um so they lose that and that causes a lot of people a lot of like stress or uncertainty because that's just how it is it's like welcome to the uncertain world um that's what reality is but at the same time it also gives them a lot of so and i mean i'm saying that more because because we have that feedback and that data is that projects are generally very enjoyable so whatever they do is is always focused on what they find most meaningful even if it's like tedious work um and and also enjoyable because they work with other people together and um it's four hours of hard work this obviously like discord and and a lot of like sometimes it's admin work that adds on to it but it's it's never like eight hours or so it's um so it's very like batchable um and i think so because it's all freelancers they just do other things so some of them some people work on other projects um in other organizations some people have their own projects that they like to work on um we have really great like artists who have exhibitions and they work on on their art um and uh yeah um i think that's that's generally it um i mean it, it comes also almost down to the definition of what you think what's what work is so people just work on a lot of different things and do a lot of different stuff um and from the customer side what has changed do you think that in the end and i i think you know, you kind of pointed mm -hmm. in that direction already, but do you think that your customers notice a difference? Like, do they notice a difference beyond mm -hmm. just the deliverable? Like, it's obviously like I'm paying X and I'm getting Y, you know, like, are you, do you think you deliver simply superior outputs in terms of product and service, mm -hmm. or do you deliver a different experience? What is it that, you know, your customers are buying now? Like, what is it, what are they coming from? Right. So they they the customers now have like a very predictable expectation of exactly what they will receive. Um, I think that's 
um, quite unusual in the service space so that you can say this is exactly what you will get, but with the stuff that you like and that you want. So uh, that's, I guess, quite interesting also at a, at a predictable time. So um, I think uh, customers enjoy receiving a result in a matter of a few weeks rather than having to wait and going back and forth. Um, they also really love the collaborative aspect of doing workshops together because they want to contribute with their knowledge and we give them the, the medium and the space for it. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess these are probably the, the, biggest, the biggest things that they receive. Um, so what I find interesting about this um, and what I like about this very much is you are held up to the standards of the market in the sense of the customer is buying a better service Mm -hmm. you know no matter how you deliver that if you would deliver it all yourself or right, right, a bunch yeah. of people in the basement and produce it the customer in the end what they want is that so you need a benchmark against the market and would you say that the way you've structured the organization now and then we're going to talk a little bit more going towards DAOs um the way you structure it now that means that it's you know uh, a distributed team etc cetera, etc cetera, do you feel that this is a main contribution and be able to do that. You would not be able to achieve this output, the quality of service otherwise. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it goes hand in hand. It's, it's obviously, I would say on one side, looking for our personal, like it was as, as we built deep work, I mean, it was looking for a balance between providing a service and looking for our own personal freedom. And I think you could probably design it in a different way. Like you could probably design it for our, like, again, like you could design the organization so that you work eight hours a day um, that would work for a certain amount of time. I think it wouldn't be that enjoyable and it wouldn't be, it would probably um, lead to burnout a lot quicker um, with with people. So, so technically, uh, the structure is relatively malleable, um, but I would say that we constantly try to evolve it that it that it fits these requirements. So I think that it it is interplay. So um, the the more free people are and it, the the more happy they are, the better are the results. And um, I I do think that the structure and the way we organize contributes to the high quality of the work. And 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 yeah, um, it's it's kind of both. I, I think. You, you could probably get more quality, but but at a so you, you probably could get higher quality, but at the trade of, of longevity. So you could probably build an organization that has similar structures um, where people would work a lot harder, um, but they wouldn't want to work at that organization for a long time, um, even if the structure is similar. So yeah, we could increase the hours, we could increase the quality standard, uh, we would have a much higher output. Um, but I don't think people would enjoy it as much and stay in the community for as long. Very good. So now let's shift. We're not shifting. Yeah, we're shifting gears. We're just moving ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the way you work, you could obviously just work as a regular incorporated company, and it's what you do today. However, the nature of how you work, it already lends itself to, you know, transform further decentralized, not just decentralized on the team and collaboration space, but in the structure, you know, and so on, on the different yeah. layers, so to speak. Yeah. 
what attracts you to doing that? I mean, why now try to transform additionally into a DAO? What is mm -hmm. the, you know, what's the reasoning you could say, you know, I'm just asking, it's, you know, yeah. personal interest or it's, mm -hmm. a, you know, um, you know, here's a hypothesis that we have. We believe that what, what's your rationale mm -hmm. saying, hey, it's worth doing, going down a risky path of becoming a DAO instead of being a regular yeah. company? It's a good question. So one of the um, one of the first intentions was probably that I realized that there are a lot of things that don't really work well in a traditional environment. So there were hierarchies that were unclear or miscommunicated. So it was very easy to say we are a flat organization and we're we're like we we respect everybody's opinion, but um, like. That's a fallacy like you can't have a flat organization because naturally people have different skills and different um, like skill levels and um, like I think a lot of organizations try to say like yeah you're all equal and like you know uh, you can you can govern and how the organization works but there's still a hierarchy and and but we're just not going to say that and other organizations fall apart because they actually do that they say everybody's equal and then they try to work that way, but that also doesn't work. So it's, it's like, it's, it's, that's, that's not really how reality is. Um, and um, yeah, so, so that was definitely one of the things in the beginning um, that I just wanted to kind of fix and figure out like, what is, what is a skill actually? And how do you map that onto an organization? And so I actually have a separate project that is dedicated specifically to that uh, as an infrastructure, it's called deep skills. <laughs> Not surprisingly, but um, the the other thing that that came along was really the the um, the, the issue with hiring new workers. So we, as we were um, as we as as we um, positioned ourselves in the Web three space as a design studio, which is a rare thing. Like there's there were no design not not a lot of good designers in the Web three space. Um, there were really good ones, but they were mostly interested in freelancing um, and um and they are still really good um but we wanted to kind of but we had a lot more requests for projects in some phases where we couldn't handle them so we needed someone else like we needed to duplicate ourselves so we needed to grow um but so then we hired someone and then that person um and then all of a sudden there was a bear market <laughs> and so we were just like we hired you now we're paying you, but there's no work. So what are you going to do? And that person was also just like, what can I do? Like, let me do something. And I'm just like, okay, let's come up with some random project. Like, let's work on whatever. Um, so that didn't work. Um, that was not like financially feasible. And then we started trying to um, find out a system where we could do both. So where we could have uh, people who are highly qualified and and could learn that very rare skill, um, like you know, Web three, but also facilitation and and like product design, um, could learn that, um, but also just not having a long term contract without damaging the organization or like the business model. So essentially, what we came up with 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 the system is with the system that um, you could onboard new contributors and you would almost create like a social environment, like a cultural incentive to stick around and and. And uh, like an environment which fosters mentoring and, and teaching and learning from each other. And that, um, that really solved a lot of problems because in, in, the, in the short term, it helped us 
to onboard new freelancers and and teach them to do the work uh, and show them how fun it is but also like um yeah not not being uh super reliant on on them to stay forever because they will want to go out and do other things as well um that wouldn't be a, such a huge loss not a financial one um and um and and that also then led into starting to track skills and and try to and and figure out that we can actually verify how people's contributions are valued in the organization but also outside of the organization and um uh yeah so so i guess these two things so basically like trying to fix problems from before uh, and also uh onboarding new contributors that are almost as, as a mix of traditional environment and freelance work good so um what is the going back to the same question right like i'm i'm getting the high level premise but how is the i you know the concept of the dao solving you know those challenges yeah, how, yeah, yeah. How, and you don't have to go too specific but you know what are the general concepts that's being done in daos that you believe are gonna help you you know in the end grow the organization allow it to move forward i think well i mean i think the the biggest driver in daos is just this um the sense of community and and the sense of trust in 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 inside the DAO. Um, so far, there's been a lot of um, experiments and a lot of DAOs that kind of combine the traditional and like the corporate environment with something that's more of an open community. And it's very hard because it really breaks down at the parts where trust is required, um, but there's also no process for um, assessing each other's skills and position on a domain hierarchy um it, it, there's there's a, it's it's very hard especially when it comes to like verifying work and and agreeing on what work needs to be done and and trusting people that that is actually based on hard skills rather than um just like talking to each other and exploring things but i think with DAOs, that the most powerful uh factors is this this ability to meet and uh, and 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 create kind of a consilience around a uh, an, an important topic or an important um, um, like cultural phenomenon, and and not only discuss it but uh, also take ownership in it. And 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 this is this idea of collective ownership is something very new that has not been so prominent before. So. In, in, in previous organizations, there's equity as the representation of ownership of an organization, but that is just bureaucratically not feasible for an entire organization of like 2000 people. So you'd have to track everybody's contributions and then have some accountant who would just like basically just burn out by trying to figure out who gets which share, which share. it's just not possible. It is possible with, uh, with Web3 though and, uh, and, and with smart contracts, and that's what it makes it so exciting that you can basically automate all of that work and and enable this full fully um distributed like community including the ownership of the organization and uh, and i think that's very powerful and that will be a huge huge value add like you start working in an organization and you already own part of it like it's it, it becomes like a representation of the meaning that you see in and the purpose of your work um and in the collaborative work. And that's gonna be extremely important, I think, in the future. I love that. 
Um, what have you learned from rate guilt? What do you think is rate guilt doing that, you know, you think that's really good and that, you know, you like and, you know, that is worth, you know, imitating? What are the things that you think you would, you, you are and you will do different? Because kind of them being a forerunner in the space, mm. you know, as a DAO already, right. what are your thoughts there? Um, I mean, I have a couple of good friends from Raid Guild, and one of the things I learned was just that I was not alone, and um, that was really great to see. Um, and also, a shout out to Ven, um, as a good friend, and uh, kind of who I would say mentally supported me, and even if even though he's probably not aware of it. Um, but it was it was really nice to see that there was a community that valued design work and and valued this like actual like work on some projects that that will be useful um uh, and and um yeah that 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 was something that i learned and that, that i could hold on to um for a long time or is still i do um what i would do different is i mean or the my approaches to, to work was just to be, to try and be as, as, as structured as possible. Um, but it's, but it's difficult because I mean, it's not that I do something that are better per se. It's, it's more that we had a different environment in which we started. So Raid Guild started more of as a community uh, of a lot of people. And then they started working on projects together. Whereas Deep Work started as two people who, wanted to define the structures and the underlying like base structures of our work first before we would scale and i think that was a very important piece that um that kind of distinguishes um the way we work now from a lot of other organizations because our discord is actually mostly work like it's 99 work and it's um it's very rare that people would just like talk about random stuff like there's one channel where people sometimes talk about random stuff um, maybe two because there's one channel that's called random and then there's another one but um but but it's very like it's very very well defined why people would use discord and when um and i think looking at other discords um the, the it's a different um it's a different environment it's a different culture um so yeah uh, again um I, I don't think and i also don't think that there's a better um because every community is focusing on kind of different aspects so i i really um respect uh like the the other organizations and and DAOs and and especially rate guild because they were so close to us for a long or like they're still very close to us for a long time and introduced us to kind of how what the space looks like um which was really cool um yeah so but that's kind of i guess the the key differentiator that i can see is that just came from different places one of like we were focused more on work they were focused more on community we actually are just now starting to really evolve our community and like put more focus on that um so there's a, yeah, there's a different path i had a conversation about this yesterday you know this you know even if you had the point zero and you want right. to do something do you take a route of like you know, three people, heads down, built organizational right. product, and yeah. then decentralize, right. or do we start with community and yeah, exactly. product yeah. evolve? And 
what is better i think nobody knows and i think there's different schools of yeah. thoughts and different preferences too on how to work right and i think that's exactly. has a lot to do with the yeah. you know the people that that found totally. it can clearly see this so do you yeah. think there's going to be more a lot more uh service organizations that are going to become DAOs when you look around you you think that's a evolving trend and um, yeah. Do you see your your community members to make it more open? Mm -hmm. Think about in the future to work across your 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 customers as well as other customers. Or do you think you know people mm -hmm. are going to stick to their tribes? What, what what do you think is the trend in DAOs here? When looking, I think way? yeah, I, I think it's going to be a mixture of both. So um, first of all, um, I do think that most organizations will have to transition into DAO models, um, even. Even smaller businesses like restaurants or um, or like shops, they they will just need to have some kind of infrastructure that would allow people to be uh, decide freely whether they want to work on whether they want to do work or not. The, again, the structures will be very specific and different uh, in in detail, but um, I I do believe that there is no other future than kind of this mix between organizations and freelance work. So. You're not obliged to go to an organization, but you should go there if you want to if you want to support it and you want to contribute to it. Um, and um, so so that's definitely one a big uh, big trend I, I I do believe in. Um, and then the other question was around uh, was it so the DAO spaces, oh, sorry, what was what was your other question? Yeah, you know, if 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 service organizations are going to evolve that right. way, you know, which is said in another right, yeah. and if you know how you see this, if people are going to stick to the tribes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, people, right, people are tribe, and there is a meta cartel tribe, or yeah. do you see people splitting their time four and four, or two and two, yeah. or you know, how how do you see the future of work to kind of right? This I think it's relatively clear that people will want to work on different things with different communities. Um, there will be some people who will be very deep in one project, maybe, or or two. Um, but I would say, for the most part, it will be a mix. So it will be like people, will, like, at least that's the data that I have at the moment, is that people just generally work at different organizations at the same time. So they contribute a little bit here, a little bit of there. Um, and that's actually also better for everyone, because uh, you don't want to, like, work on only one thing that's also another reason for work on working only four hours a day is is not that you don't burn out um because in the end you can still do work outside of these four hours uh, but you you get a lot of um you get a lot of impressions from other places and they you can like as an individual your creativity is being fostered by this diversity of inputs in different uh, organizations and different goals and um and, and you can learn so much by by working in two completely complementary organizations um and and just yeah I, I think it's it's there is a there is a balance uh, but, but I think people will slowly find it for themselves whether they want to dedicate themselves for one job or to to spread it out um that balance will mostly probably relate to things like how do they cover their basic needs um how do they um, where are they located? What do they need? What are, what are they like interested in? What knowledge do they need uh, in order to make better decisions for for all of them? Um, so I think it's it's going to be a process, obviously, uh, and it's going to take a while. But that's the trend that I see is that people just kind of jump back and forth and contribute here and there to where they like, and um, and then um, they also 
create a social network and and meet people and and tie connections and i think these like social connections are something that we can also kind of derive our experience from or our prediction from is that if you look at your social network and your friends there are some that you know for a long time um and there are reasons for that and there are some friends that you know you met like a couple of times and i think that these relationships are usually uh, this, the more you do together and the more you share value together and the more you kind of value each other, uh, the stronger and lo long lasting these relationships are. Um, and the less you do, you can still value someone's someone's work or, or personality, um, maybe, and then you end up doing less with them or meeting them less. And I think the same will kind of transfer onto uh, like a work environment where we have like um, our our co-workers will become our friends in some way or this there's not really going to be a big distinction between friends and co-workers um so that yeah I, I like that and so let me kind of you know we had about the hour and i want to kind of you know go to the last two questions hopefully so do you think or do you believe that the way the way of the dao how's that sound yeah. the way of the dao is uh going to create a better workplace for people is it got is a better way to work yeah absolutely <laughs> there's no doubt i think the the way or the spirit of the dao is uh, i mean it's it's certainly so far only like a cultural um cultural image because we just don't have daos yet um but i think it's a very promising image and it's i think what makes it very healthy is the focus on the individual and their particular needs and basic needs so that the DAOs will be structured in a way that will support the best for, like for what's the best for humans and i don't think there's an alternative to that like if we can't continue an economy in which the interests of the collective or the interests of an organization are not aligned with the interests of the collective um, and and you need to go really into the individual level. Um, and I'm 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 very like excited about the future because because I think the the faster um, traditional organizations will be able to transform into DAOs, uh, the the better it will be for for everyone. Very good, Andre. <laughs> thank you. It's Friday evening. Enjoy your weekend. Rest <laughs> thank here, you whatever too. you want. This was a classic. Thank you so much. Amazing. Thanks to you for the opportunity and thanks for, for the night. That was very amazing and delightful. <laughs>